What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A here in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of all things, Julie, it's Clarendon, of course. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for another great episode of Pace the Nation. Julie, we are back and a little different today. A video element, if you're uh, if you're watching us here, wherever you get this video of, of us here on StreamYard. Uh, Julie, let me introduce you. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> I'm great. I'm still not in the heart of the universe in Clarendon, yeah. but you're, in the heart in of, in the county in the heart of the universe yep. in Arlington. So I, I feel, I feel back at home for our longtime listeners, you know, Clarendon, uh, you know, it just is, it, there's just something about Clarendon. There's something about Arlington that, uh, you know, that, that makes pace the nation it's pace the nation's home. So we are back. Um, and, and I, I want to give some explanation here, Julie, uh, what we're doing here. If you're watching us here on Streamyard or whatever, uh, platform you're seeing us, uh, we're trying a new platform today. Really excited about it. I got a buddy really helping us out. Um, and so we're going to try this audio and video element to the show, which I think is going to take us to the next level. Um, so we're going to work on our backgrounds. Yours is just <laughs> kind of a, a black background. I at least got the clutter out. Okay. So there was a lot of stuff on the walls. So not yeah. a distraction. You, on the other hand, have a very large distraction behind you, but yeah. I guess we'll talk a little bit about we'll that. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment. Uh, but before we do, we're excited about the future Pace the Nation. We're excited about these new elements that we're going to introduce over the next few episodes. Uh, but before we do, uh, we got to give a big thanks to our friends over at Podville Media Studios, who were phenomenal uh, over the last six episodes, uh, getting us through uh, you know, the, the first part of this uh, transition. And now we're going to evolve here. But those guys... Shannon, Oscar, um, our guy, Rob, who was our, our producer and editor, uh, and the whole crew over there were just phenomenal. So big thanks to those guys. We learned a ton uh, mm -hmm. from Podville Media Studios. And we're going to take a lot of that, um, of what we learned. Uh, and, you know, those, those guys are, are still going to help us in the background. And so uh, really excited that uh, we have them as an asset, but we're going to evolve back into the studio. Studio 1A was kind of sitting dormant. And for those who walk by our Clarendon store location, you know, it was getting dusty. And it dirty. was always dusty, Chris. Let's not <laughs> kid ourselves. It needs a serious so we're, clean we're, job. We're, we're so gonna, gonna that's one of the off. reasons I'm still in our house and haven't returned to the studio yeah. yet is because my anxiety is too high in that dirty space. So we're going to get but it cleaned up. Yeah. We're, we're going to get it cleaned backgrounds. up. We're going to do a lot of things. Okay. Uh, so, so year this year, I feel like 2021 was a year of exploration and experimentation yep. for us. And launching into 2022, our fans and listeners are going to have to hold us accountable to consistency with the yep. show, showing up with episodes um, in the way that we we used to and the way that we're good at. So yep. um, we're going to be launching in the spring in January, I think with some yep. new logos and branding and um, new, gear. This yep. new gear and this new platform. So we have to be held accountable. We're going to hold each other accountable, but we're hoping everyone holds us accountable too. So we're excited. And I, I, and I think this is a little bit of a foreshadowing on our day's show. I think it's important to put ourselves out there and say, you're going to do something. Yeah. I'm podcasting every other week for you. Who's super busy. Um, mom of three. Um, who does all the work with the kids, let's be honest, uh, full-time job with Brooks and you're back working. Uh, but I think saying what we're going to do and then actually following through and doing it, that's important. So we're going to put ourselves out there every other week. We've got some exciting guests lined up. I'd say today's guest is not really exciting, but we'll get into oh, that. Oh, in today's guest <laughs> is going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, but we got some exciting guests. It'll be the um, number one show of 2021. We've there wasn't got, a lot to choose from, but yeah. it'll definitely be in the top 10. It should be. Uh, <laughs> so we've got an exciting uh, lineup after today uh, with, uh, you know, we've got a, a remote broadcast in Texas that we're going to do that's really exciting. Uh, we've got 
somebody who you work with who's going to be on the show. Uh, so just some teasers uh, in the future. We've got some really cool stuff happening on Pace the Nation. New gear, too. Did I mention the new gear? New logo, new gear. Uh, so you'll be able to get that on uh, runpacers.com as well. So that's where we've been. That's where we're heading. Uh, but for today's show, um, we've got an exciting guest, a very exciting guest. And you're going to do the heavy lifting of the interviewing today. I am. You're going to have to test my skills. Are you nervous? Uh, considering how often I talk to this guest, I yeah. really hope I'm not that nervous. But all right, well, let's just the video element is the one yeah. real change here. So right. maybe that gets my nerves going a little bit. Well, uh, the guest today is me. <gasps> um, yes. Uh, so there, there, we we ended the drama. Uh, today, um, we're, you're going to interview me about, uh, my breaking three, the, the, uh, New York city marathon happened a couple weeks ago. I ran my 23rd consecutive year, uh, the 23rd consecutive year of running sub three for the marathon squeaked in there this, this time. And it was tough, uh, but it was an amazing experience and I'm happy that you're going to be talking to me about it today. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you've gotten enough run on this sub three effort with your video crew and your photographer and your updates on social media and LinkedIn and the amount of people who are reaching out to, I don't think we've talked about it enough. So I would like I to dive team, in a little I bit further. I tell my team, like I'm embarrassed. Don't make it about me. I'm embarrassed except our next podcast guest is me. And by the way, <laughs> go check out runpacers.com. Look on the front page and see who's on the front page. <laughs> check it out right now. Is that go a ahead. humble brag or yeah. not so pause. humble brag? You or... can pause. Go, go ahead. Pause the show. Go to okay. runpacers.com. Okay. Check out uh, the front page. It is. Uh, we'll provide show. a link, actually. Maybe yeah. write a banner across if you want to see Chris Farley's face <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, but it was an amazing event. Um, pretty emotional for me. So we'll get into that. Um, but uh, next up, Julie is going to interview the guy who's run a sub three hour marathon since 1999, Chris Farley. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined by me. Um, Wait, I, aren't I supposed to be? Yeah, saying? go ahead. All right, why don't, you, why don't you take a shot at it? Go ahead. Take us back in from the break. Welcome back to the program. There you go. And now, Chris, I'm excited to introduce our next guest. I am not going to give you his full title. He's just <laughs> the streaker, yeah, the guy right. who loves running three-hour marathons just under three hours. Yep. We're going to get into it with him today. Welcome to the program, Chris nice Farley. Work. Nice work. You're going to take my uh, job as the, the, the lead interviewer. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, really excited to talk about. Uh, talk about me. The, the streak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was it was an amazing it was an amazing event. And thanks for um, everybody who helped, you know, kind of tell the story along the way. Uh, mostly thanks to you, though, Julie, because you had to put up with me training for this dumb thing. Not dumb thing. It, it's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, accomplishment that I'm very proud of. Are you going to let me interview you now? Yes. Or go, do you want to just ahead. start monologuing? We yeah, can do ahead. that, too. Okay. For our fans listening that may not know, that may have been hiding under a rock the last few weeks. Yep. You ran your 23rd sub-three-hour marathon in a row in 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 consecutive years should i say Correct. not just 23 in a row we didn't do yep. 23 marathons in one year no um 23 years in a row it's a pretty incredible streak okay so tell us a little bit about the streak first how did yeah. the streak start did you do a couple of marathons and you were running under three and then you know you're a couple years in and you kind of wanted to keep it going like how did the streak actually start so in, I ran my first marathon in New York, uh, 1999. And, you know, this has probably been told on this podcast before, but, um, you know, for a lot of the new listeners, ran my first marathon in 1999, had no idea what I was getting into. So uh, had an amazing experience and the marathon and I immediately clicked. It was hard. Um, you know, I hit the wall at, at mile 20, like many do, but 
I was able, I was able to, to somehow, you know, come through the experience and actually run fairly well. So, uh, broke three, had no idea whether I'd run, you know, 242 or 342 and I ended up running, you know, around 240 in that first marathon. Um, and I, I said, wow, this was just awesome because it was something I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do, but it was also just like the energy of the event, especially at New York. It's like a parade, a 26 mile, uh, parade with so many people out there cheering you on. So I did that and I said, you know what, this is going to be my thing. So I was going to run, you know, a couple marathons a year. I was still training hard. Um, and, uh, that took me to about 2010. And I remember it 2010, I ran the Philadelphia marathon and it was like the last, I, I knew my fast running days were over because I ran 244 there. I'd run, you know, in the two thirties, um, prior to that, but I could tell where this was headed. I said, you know, there's, it's going to be, uh, hard to continue to run a PR. So we're just going to call it what it is. Uh, breaking three hours is, is a, is a good mark. And I, I looked back at all my, my marathons and I said, wow, I've done it every year and I needed a new goal. So I said in 2011, I'm going to break three. And at that point, that'll be my 12th in a row. And then I did it. And then I did in 2012, then I did it. And then, you know, it just from on there on out, it was just, it became my motivation uh, to run. Uh, I had, I'd set myself a new goal uh, that was hard enough for me to, to, to accomplish, but, you know, still within reason, you know, you and I getting married and kids and all that stuff still within reason to be able to do all the other things that I was doing. Well, I'll be the judge of whether it's within reason. <laughs> True. True. Um, tell us about some of the locations you've done the marathon in. So New York has been the biggest for whatever reason, maybe it was because of my first or the fact that it's a unbelievable experience with the parade like atmosphere for 26 miles. I've done that six times. Uh, Marine Corps, uh, I've done uh, four times, and that's you know been uh, obviously my hometown, Arlington. We talk about Arlington all the time, uh, so that that was um, a, a, a big part of the streak. I, I, I tend to do the bigger races. Um, you know, I've done DC Rock and Roll a couple of times. I've done Boston a few times. Uh, New Jersey Marathon, amazing. Um, our team puts on an awesome event there. Uh, Chicago a, a couple of times. Um, I, I believe the smallest one I did was uh, Breaking Three um, in 2017, where I was the only participant. Um, and that's where this- uh, The only oh, full it? participant. Well, only it took, full participant. It took a yeah. village. Yeah, it took a yeah. village. And you can go back and listen to episodes about Breaking Three. But I generally do big, uh, bigger events um, and it's been fun because it's, you know, it kind of takes us to you, you, you may, you're nice enough to go with me on most of these, uh, you know, to Savannah. Uh, we did, did an event there, um, you know, to Boston, to New York, uh, to New Jersey, to Chicago, to LA. I mean, all these places have been really fun to run. Um, tell us about the asterisk year. So 2006, um, and, you know, my dear friend and former uh, co-host on the show, William Docks, you know, if it wasn't for him, it probably, the asterisks wouldn't have, have wouldn't come exist. up. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2006, um, you know, I had, I had run, I was training hard. I had run a training run of 26.2 miles under three hours. So that was one thing. And I remember telling Kellen sung that and looking back at my logbook. So I said, you know what, there's two things here. Um, I ran that as a training run. Um, cause he was asking me as he, I think he was interviewing me for a Washington post article. And then, um, that fall, I didn't feel like I was ready to run as fast as I'd hoped. So buddies of mine decided to do, we signed up for New York. And we decided to do five beers and five boroughs. So you start in Staten Island, you drink a beer. I don't know the boroughs of New York. 
I mean, I know there's Queens and Brooklyn. I don't know the order of it, but we had okay. bars set up along the way where every every uh, every uh, borough we would stop and have a beer. So drank a beer at every borough, and my actual finish time was three thirty uh, for two thousand and six. But my running time on my watch was two fifty six twenty three. Wow. So, um, and by the time you drink five beers and run, and I was, this was a different place in life. I was a lot fitter and yeah, but you're, you're, you're buzzing pretty good, but it was, it's, it was an <laughs> unbelievable experience, uh, to finish the race kind of buzzed, um, and to run two fifty six on my, on my watch. So that's the asterisk because every other result, as you, you know, you you can find anything on the internet. So you can find all my all my results. Uh, the one result in 2006, you cannot find my training run, which I, I broke three hours in a 26-mile training run. And you can't find um, my actual running time. As I'm, for those listening, I'm doing this, like I'm clicking my watch to start and stop my watch on my wrist. Um, but for those with the, the video element can see that. So they understand what I'm doing. So that's the asterisk. And let's be honest, Julie, I'm going to count it because I, you know, I did run under three hours and I need this. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need something to motivate me, you know. I, um, I understand. Yeah. So, the guys that you did five beers, five burrows with, did they give you credit for this? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's all that matters. Good, good buddies who um, actually, you know, a, a lot of them worked at Brooks at the time and they've since moved on. I think actually Mike, Mike, obviously still is one of the VPs at Brooks. I shouldn't be putting him out there. I won't say his last name. Um, <laughs> uh, doing five beers, five burrows. He would not do that today. But uh, he ran with me and he was, you know, super fit and, and ran the same same time uh, that I ran that day, too. Awesome experience. I'm going to count it. No asterisks needed. Love it. Um, OK, so how many years do you have left in you doing this? Like <laughs> so, this year, I think, was hard. Right. It was hard. It was hard right. And we'll get into that. We'll get into yep. the actual specific race details. But. How many more years do you have? Okay. You're 45 so I, I now. I don't know. Three how, kids. It's a, good, it's a good question. A grumpy wife. <laughs> yeah, right. About it's your a, training it's, runs. It's 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 a good question. I have gotten to the point, and I'm very proud of this stat. I love numbers and stats and splits and all this stuff. I have. I'm 45 years old. For 22 years of my life, I have not run a sub three hour marathon. For 23 years of my life, I have run a sub three hour marathon. So for more time that I've existed on this earth, I've run more than uh, I've run a sub three hour marathon. So that sounds like a good ending point, right? Um, <laughs> but you know 23, what? 23 is an odd year, been, though. Yeah, it's an like, odd it's year. So, not, so we yeah. got to get to 25 for sure. Well, you have to. You owe it to me because we need to go somewhere <laughs> extravagant exactly. for your 25th, yeah, for 25th marathon. Yeah. So I think Honolulu. Of this, I think quarter of a century. 2023. Yeah. Okay. Honolulu, okay. December like 2023. Yep. yep. And 25 we'll years. Yeah. I'll bring and some so, sparklers <laughs> for you to celebrate. Yeah. So I, I think at least 25, but you know what, as long as my body and I'm so blessed that I stay relatively healthy and injury free, as long as my body will allow, I, I'm all in for this. I gotta, I gotta give it a shot. I mean, there, there's nothing like for me showing up to the line and being like, all right, you've put work in, whether the work's been good or not good enough or not. We're not sure, but you put a lot of work in and here's your chance to perform on this day at this moment. And it's, it's very clear whether you, you know, accomplish the goal or not. Mm -hmm. And I really like that because there's not many things like from a competitive group of people like you and I, and a lot of our listeners are who are runners. You don't really get that after, you know, you're done competing in high school for your cross country team. No, a lot of um, us like let it go. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. 
Well, I can't. I can't let it go. So to answer your question. Well, you're, you're making up for the glory days that you wanted to have, right? Yes, so you're yeah, you're right. recreating the glory days There's here in your yeah. I mean, I don't want to psychoanalyze this, but yeah, I think you're oh, on to something. I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So let's talk about New York City. So especially when we're talking about the training not going as well as it probably could have entering into race day this year, there were a lot of obstacles. And I'm not even just talking about like the fact that you were doing peak training when I was peak taking care of our newborn. Um, (laughs) Not bitter at all. It's totally fine. I was 100% on board always. Right, Right, Chris? Right. You were. Um, So leading into race day, I mean, half your runs this fall have been with a really sore knee, like you're walking around and you don't listen to me or doctors or anyone who tries to advise you otherwise when it comes to injury. You just plow through like you're a professional plower. (laughs) Um, You plow through and somehow on the other end of you plowing through the body, like miraculously comes together. A a lot of it is. Yeah. I mean, it's It's psychological. You manifest it. You're just the most positive person (laughs) on the planet. And I'm not I'm actually not kidding about that. But um, you manifest it. So you're like, I'll make it to the starting line. It's fine. But this year, sleep deprivation. um, new baby, the dynamic in our home has changed. Work is stressful. Work is great, but work is stressful. Um, the knee was a little bit banged up. You were squeezing runs in. Um, and then like three days before New York, you come down with this like horrible cold. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like a head cold that, you know, you can run through. And so I'm doing all this. Yeah. But your breathing is affected. Like, you're already yeah. riding a really like thin line, thin line yeah. going yeah. into this. Like you're training, you didn't do, you maybe did like a couple of up-tempo runs. You yeah. did the long runs, Yep. but you're 45. So like you need more interval training to yep. really guarantee that you're going to hit this. Yeah. And so, I, and, and I, I had all those, those factors and it was like, I was going down this negative train of thought too, which. Oh yeah. yeah, you were was, on the train. I was on yeah. the train coming home from New York yeah. for an event with Brooks. Yeah. You're on the train going up to New York for the race. Yeah. We literally passed somewhere in Delaware, yeah. waved mm-hmm. to each other sort of. Yeah. Um and you're like, I don't think I can do this. Like yeah. you were in bad shape. So literally and figuratively, I was talking about the train of thought and then I was on the train thinking like I'm heading up there um, this is going to happen. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to. I'm 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 on my computer on the the Amtrak Googling. Can I take um, uh, the what, what's the, the the sleep medication? Um, Nyquil. Nyquil before running a marathon. So that's not never a good. Not a good sign. idea. Nah, not a good no. idea. So I, I didn't. I took Nyquil the night before. Two nights take, before. Two nights before, but I didn't take Nyquil the night before. So. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of some, some negative, uh, and I just think positive mental attitude can, can, uh, you know, can, can affect your, your performance. So I remember talking to you a couple of times. I'm like, I just got to turn around and I just got to be positive. There has been a lot, I mean, all jokes aside, like I'm getting up on Friday mornings because that's the only day I can do these long runs at five running in the dark, running from our house in Arlington, meeting my buddy in Vienna, Chris McGarrigal, who is, he says he's 90% of the reason why I was able to, to do this. Thanks for um, giving me credit, yeah. Chris. I hope yeah, you listen right, to the right, show. Right. <laughs> well, you're the other 8%. I'm 2%. Oh, um, so I, I'm running from Arlington at 5 a.m. to Vienna to meet him at about 6. And then he and I run together for 8 miles. And then I run back. And those are my 18 to 20 some mile runs. And that is squeezing them in before we got to get the kids to school at 8.30. So this isn't some like, you know, oh, Saturday, let's take half the day or the full day to do a long run. And no, you don't have that luxury. That stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, it was, it was a different, it's a different time. And there was some different, you know, issues that, that you, as you get older, you got actual responsibilities and, you know, you, you can't center everything around our running. But I, I just, by the time Saturday night before the race hit, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And 
all this other stuff be damned. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, and so were, that was my, that was my marathon mood. Yeah. yeah You've been yeah. around the finish line. You're hanging out in the, you know, yeah, one of the I, hotels gotta, that has all the runners and yeah, I got to thank my, my buddies at new balance. Um, you know, uh, Tom Carlio, uh, and, and, and Keith Kelly, you know, I see them the day before, you know, they're, they're fired up for me. They're excited to be there. It's, it is the whole, I mean, and that's one thing about New York. It's the entire atmosphere it's the pageantry of the event. It gives you an extra boost. So once I, once, once Saturday night came along, I said, all right, I'm going to make this happen. And that's okay. the attitude I had to take. Okay. But then Sunday morning comes around. Yeah. yeah. So and Sunday it's a whole morning, different situation. So, so Sunday morning comes and my buddy Ross, who owns Philly runner and I were going to run together. And he's a former elite runner who is just trying to break three hours. And we we're going to find the three hour pace group. And we were going to do it. Um, I leave my phone in the, in, in the hotel room and I go down and I meet Ross. I've got this fancy, you know, watch that I can text from the Apple watch that I can text from. And I'm texting him. I'm like, where are you? Cause typical of me, I had depended on him to tell me where to go. To well, catch we all spots. know, we all know that, that you're directionally challenged. I think I pointed oh. out like every fourth show. So, so, so at 10 30, the race starts at six o'clock. You have to catch a bus to get to Staten Island. And it's a logistical challenge. If no one's ever run, if, if you haven't run New York before, it's, it's an amazing event, but a logistical challenge. I didn't know where to meet the bus. And the bus leaves at 6 a.m. sharp. So I go to this where I vaguely remember. I don't remember the exact street, but I vaguely remember. And I, I try to get on. I see some familiar people that you work with, like agents and professional runners, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to plow like you, the term you use. I'm going to plow my way onto this bus. I don't care. It's the elite bus with all like the African runners. Who all the all runners running, who are like contending for the, two, the championship. Right. Yeah, 210 yeah. or 220 on the women's side. Like literally the fastest runners in the world. And I'm like making my way on the bus and trying to like pull my shirt up and act like nobody knows who I am <laughs> or, or like – I just, you know, look the other way. Don't notice. And I was just going to grab a seat. No seats available. Um, the guy's like, uh, are you an elite? And he looked at me and he knew I was an elite. My, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't look elite for sure. So I said, um, that, you know, it depends on your definition of elite. Um, so, <laughs> you so, did not say that. Yeah, I did. So, uh, so he shuffles me off the bus and then I see this guy, Sam, who, who's like, can I help you out? And, and you know, Sam, he works with New York Roadrunners, I think. Mm -hmm. Sam um, but he, I, I haven't talked to him. I, I don't real, I, I've met Sam before, but you know, Sam. So Sam saved me because I was like, I, I'm with New Balance. I'm a VIP, you know, try to toss that. He's like, this is for only elites. They're not even going where you're supposed to go. So he makes a call and he finds out where to go. So I race down two streets down the street. The bus fortunately didn't leave till 6.05. So I, I got there in time, jumped on a bus, never saw my buddy Ross. But uh, then I, I hop on the bus, the correct bus, and make our way to Staten Island. And for those who have never run New York before and don't understand the logistics of it, if you miss that bus, you miss the race. You miss like, it. There's, I mean, there's no Uber there's no... you can take. Yeah, you can't take it. The entire city shut down. And right. these guys have, uh, you, you know, they have... The, access the to get access out there to get yep. to yeah to get to staten island across the bridge so there is a way but it's like you'd have to go around the city it is like an hour through, and a half through new odyssey. jersey yeah, yeah it's an odyssey to get there so i was considering that and thinking all right i gotta go get my phone uber what am i gonna do with my phone I'm like, but anyway so i make the bus i get off the bus um, which also and, like just to shout out to new balance is like totally. And the way that VIPs race, races work for, you know, different sponsors and different events, yep. like they do so much to coordinate you getting there. Oh, this is not, not new. So like you're, this yeah, this, you're in the hotel. They've got, they give you all the information, everything, everything you need. You just need to be, you literally just need to be in this spot when the bus leaves and That's it's right. a block away, right? right. Everyone Correct. else going to the race, like it is a logistical nightmare. Those are the and things you it's like have. The VIP just have to get yourself out of bed yeah. and a chai tea latte so, 
and get to the <laughs> those, boss. Those are the things that and don't. You that, 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 it just, it. <laughs> those are the things. It's crazy. Like those are the things that I should really concern Dial myself with. Yeah, but because just, people who are trying to get to the starting line for a marathon, everything is so calculated. Like. And you're, you're literally like alarms going off. Like, I'm just going to walk to the first bus I see. And like, Correct. I honestly, if Correct. your bus had left hundred percent, you would have figured out how to sit on that elite bus, elite like bus, gone right. back and be like, this is my only shot. And I, I would have been on the, I would have been on the, on, on the starting line and like all the photos, <laughs> they've got all, all the skinny elites. You're in the wrong corral. The middle-aged, middle-aged fat guy, <laughs> not fat guy, but the middle-aged guy there. Who looks um, out the of middle-aged so, clown on yeah. the start? <laughs> <laughs> right. So fortunately, I get to Staten Island. I get off the bus, and in the spirit of everything just working out for me, I, I walk walk out. They lead us towards the, the the VIP area, and the first person I see is my buddy Ross Martinson, who owns Philly Runner. And he's like, "Hey, how are you doing?" I was like, "And Ross is the most doing? casual person, so oh, he so probably he was, was literally yeah. just like, hey, yeah, okay, good morning. Cool. So, how are you? So How'd we you meet, get here? <laughs> we go, we go to this beautiful VIP tent and hang out for a little while. And if again, if you haven't done New York, you've got to get in the corral, and then you got to get in the corral about an hour, an hour and a half early. So we get in the corral, and then they move you forward. They move you forward. They move you mm-hmm. forward. Um, so I, um, I get." We get to the starting line and Ross and I see the three hour pace group in front of us. To our right, we see where the elites were, where all the, the VIP, the real VIPs are, uh, are literally just to our right. And over there, I see first person I see to my right is Matt James on The Bachelor. Uh, Wait, I'm The Bachelor. You yep. didn't tell me this yep. story. Yeah. So I see Matt James. Was I also Tyler see- Cameron there? Like the I whole didn't thing. see him, but he was there. He was there too. So they're like literally right there. And then I see Willie Geist uh, of Sunday Morning Show. And once upon a time, Willie Geist and I worked together in a in a world, a, a different world. Nineteen ninety nine, I worked for um, uh, CNN SI in Atlanta, and Willie Geist was there. And he is a star on the Today Show now. Does weekends and does does weekday stuff as well but he was running his first marathon for the Michael J Fox foundation. Mm. So I, uh, we start the race. And so I have my eyes on Geist who, again, I worked with really, I wish I had a picture with this guy from, from long ago to prove that I did work with him. So he's running. I would love to see you like come up next to him in the first like mile or two and just like hold this like old Polaroid. Of <laughs> I you and Willie. So, so I go up to, to Willie and I'm like, Hey, I'm Chris Farley. I work with you 20 some odd years ago at CNN SI. Meanwhile, he's starting his first marathon, probably trying to soak it all in on the bridge. And he's like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? What, what is he? And, and then up. he looked Why at me. Why are you talking to me? And, and I feel like it registered with him. I feel like it did. You wanted um, it to register. I wanted him, it to. So, so that's going to be the story that I remember. And I tell our yeah. kids someday okay. that, that he did, he did uh, see me and, and registered and remembered who I was. So, uh, he was super nice. He was like, Hey, good luck. Gives me a fist pound. And he's, you know, locks into his, he ran great. He ran just under four hours, which mm-hmm. is amazing for a first marathon for a guy who wasn't a runner. Um, but so fist pound and, and Ross and I go on our way and we lock in with the, with the, the three hour pace group. Um, and it was, um, yeah. Tell was, us about the actual, I mean, I think when I talked to you afterwards, you were like, this is the hardest one I've ever done. Definitely. Like, so it was, it was a different experience because I'd never done the pace group thing. Mm-hmm. I usually go off field, but I said, you know what? My best case scenario is running even first split, even sec- second half of the race. So not trying to go out too fast and burning out. Um, everybody knows that the best marathons are, if you can do even splits or maybe even pick it up a little bit in the second half. So I knew that I needed to, you know, conserve any bit of energy because there wasn't going to be a lot of extra energy. I knew that we we're going to be close. I had to run 649 pace. So we locked in with this pace group and they did a great job. Um, so we went through the first half um, at uh, 129.12 mm. um, through the first half. So we were ahead of pace. But Ross and I talked and we were like, 
was kind of hoping this would feel a little better than it does. Mm. Um, it didn't feel easy by any stretch. Um, but uh, we were running together. And then, you know, um, you know, at some point, you just start to think, all right, I've got 10 miles to go, eight miles to go. And then it's like, all right, now we just got to get to the finish line. Now the, the best, the best way to run this race is just to try to lock in and get to the, to the finish line as fast as possible, which was going to be a sort of even pace. So you come off this bridge on miles, mile 15, mile 16, where there's nobody there. Um, and so I'm still running with the, the pace group there. And then you get down on first Avenue and Ross was looking for his, his wife. And I was, you like, were looking for your wife too. And she just wasn't <laughs> she's there. Home. Yeah, she's home. <laughs> I, 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 we went through this like emotional moment for him. He's looking for his wife. So he's like darting ahead. So mm -hmm. my buddy Ross is, you know, and he's better shaped than me. So, um, he was kind of off to, to the races and left the pace group behind. But for me, and I sort of described this a little bit in the video right after um, that's on runpacers.com. Go check it out. Um, I, you know, I got down to first Ave and I remember my first marathon in 1999. I visualized seeing my parents there mm -hmm. and like in the sea of people, somehow I saw my parents on mile 17. And, you know, my dad, of course, who passed away six years ago, um, you know, was there. And I remember giving him and my mom like a high five and like that really gave me the boost of energy to have this awesome last eight miles of the race. Um, and I felt the same thing, honestly, that day, um, two weeks ago, like they were there. Um, and so it really gave me a boost of energy and I probably ran my fastest mile there, mile 17 to mile 18. And, um, you know, that, then we, we, so we dropped the pace group and then it was just like, my, my, my thoughts were, right. Let's get to 19. Let's get to 20. Let's stay at, at six fifty pace, six, six, you know, 48 pace. And, and what's, and what's hurting at this point? Like, so, yeah, I mean, my, 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 uh, my quads are, are, are starting to hurt and I just, you just can't get the same leg lift. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got this little bit of a cramp. It feels like coming on, but I'm like, uh, you know, a side stitch type thing, but I kind of will that away, but you just can't lift your legs like you, um, could before. Um, so then you just, I start thinking in miles late, late in the mile, you know, 22, 23, just like, I just want to keep up the same rhythm. I just keep mm -hmm. saying to myself, same rhythm, same rhythm, same rhythm. Because once you stop, like isn't inertia like a body in motion tends to stay in motion or something like that? Wow, look at, look at you. I listened in high school. That's the only thing I can <laughs> take away from it. But if you stop at that point, you're not going to get to that rhythm again. Mm -hmm. So you just got to keep going and just got to get to mile 24 and 25 and 26. Um, so mile 23 is like uphill in the, in the, uh, park. And I seem to forget that every single year. So it's an uphill mile. And at that point, since I'd been texting everybody that morning, my watch dies. Mm. So, um, note to self, don't, you know, text on your watch before the New York city marathon. So I get to, uh, I get to, you know, I, I get through that mile and, and then, at mile 24, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to do it, but then it's just all a battle of wills and just need to continue on as, as much as I can stay in that rhythm. And somehow I made it through. And then there's the pictures of me towards the end. And I look so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. To be fair, there's no one that looks good at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a video of you from um, my boss, Melanie. Mm -hmm. She was at the, in the grandstand at the finish, at the finish line. line. And she sent this video within seconds of you crossing and it looked like you were in pain. It just yeah. looked like it, I've painful. seen you finish a lot of marathons before and you were definitely dragging. And yeah. for those of us who were watching, which all five of us who were tracking you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think you probably had a lot of people tracking you, yeah. but um, for those of us tracking you, like you, 
it got a little scary, I think, at the end. Because yeah. you could tell, like, a couple of the miles were starting to get a little bit struggle-ish. Yeah. It's not a word, but I yeah. just made it up. Yeah, um, but it you were was. starting to struggle. And um, I was getting nervous because I was like, Ooh, just hang yeah. on. You know, in the same way that you're telling yourself, you got to just keep that rhythm going. Exact same rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. Yeah. That's what we're trying to think about for you at that point. Because, like, if one mile goes south, it all goes south. Right. Yeah. And when, when you're talking about, you know, just dipping under by a minute or two, I mean, in a There's marathon, not it's not like you go from 650 pace to 655 pace to 705 pace. You go from like 650 to 720 eight to eight minutes to eight and a half. Like and that. one eight minute. And I knew this. So I knew one eight minute mile was going to finish my race. So yeah. I knew I had to keep very close to that rhythm. And I also felt like one, cause as I was running 650 pace, I felt like one 730 mile was going to cook my race too, because yeah. 730 turns to 830. Yeah. You know, and then to, 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 to 930 and there just was no room for margin. I, I think it was actually good that I didn't have my watch working towards the end. You, they had clocks along the way. Uh, but I finish and I look like hell and I'm just so relieved because Wait, um, so your watch dies, like, but it doesn't count if you can't upload it to Strava. So can you <laughs> no, actually... I, I uploaded the uh, picture to Strava. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so somebody, a couple people, I think Danza asked me, like, uh, does this count? This is a manual <laughs> upload. I'm like, my, my watch is not as good as the tracking system the New York City Marathon has. So Danza, it counts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was it, the last... The last bit was was tough, but it was a huge sense of relief when I finished. And I, I felt like a lot of people were watching, whether it was just the five that were or not. You know, I, I felt like a relief and I, I wanted to to not let down people who were watching. So it was it, it was it was really uh, it was really special. Honestly, it was really special because it was really hard yeah. and, it, and it almost didn't happen. And um, second half of the race, uh, I ran. 129.08 ran 129.12 first half 129.08 four seconds faster the second half you total always of, negative split your marathons yeah. too so, so total that was time of barely one, yeah barely so total time of one uh, uh 258 uh 20 and i'm proud I, i'm really proud of it and i think the biggest relief for you coming across the finish line was like that the locks weren't going to be changed when you came home <laughs> I did. <laughs> that like all that yeah. early morning getting yeah. up bailing on your wife <laughs> and the newborn and the new and the and the two two five the five-year-old and the three-year-old was was all going to be all right and I, I gotta go I'm, and i know we got to get out of here uh we got to finish up but I, I for the record i do thank you like seriously Aww. yeah i really appreciate You've done all the heavy lifting with Julian um, at night and um, for this dumb streak that is very meaningful to me and emotional mm -hmm. for me. Um, and um, this one was this one was different um, because I felt like there was a lot of headwinds and mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm really proud of of the, the streak, not because I broke three hours because there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people who can break three hours. I think it's like, it's really important to show up every single day and do something over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I think to do something great, it's got to be over the period of years. Mm -hmm. And it's not over the period of weeks or months or a year. It's over the period of years. And I think this is, you know, again, not there's many people who are much more talented, many people who can do this, many people who can run way faster. My buddy, Philippe Raleigh, who's 52, he just ran 231 in the mm -hmm. marathon. You know, he's a local guy who would, you know, he would crush this streak. But for me, it's showing up every single day, doing something that's kind of hard that you say you're going to do, and then not being sure whether you can do it or not. I think that's that's so important to put yourself out there and do things that you're not sure you're going to be able to accomplish. And don't be afraid to say it. And so I'm proud of that. And um, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to make this thing last. 
How long well, at least ago? two more years. But at least two more years. But it does take it does take a lot of support from the family. So from Chris McGarrigal. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I love it. I, thanks for sharing the story. Um, I actually learned some things. So maybe that means I either A, wasn't listening to all of your recaps <laughs> at home or B, really walking through it like this um, kind of brings back the actual place and time and kind of going through the motions, which is powerful. And the coolest part about marathons is that your journey is a unique journey that happens there, but everybody's journey is also unique, right? Yeah. What people have gone through to get to the starting line, what people are running for when they're out there, like the moments like where you're visualizing seeing your mom and dad on First Avenue, like what people are experiencing out there is just this element of humanity that is so hard to capture unless it's in this high moment of stress. Yeah. And when you watch people come across the finish line of New York City Marathon or any of the major marathons, like you can just visualize what it is that they're experiencing and what what pain or what trauma that they're fighting for or what goal they're trying to accomplish or what has led to this moment for them. It's just so powerful and it's not something that can be captured by a massive audience in any other sport. So that is what makes marathoning so special. It's what makes your stories unique and special. Um, and look at me, I'm actually supporting you in this moment. I so appreciate it. I know you did. This, this so was, yeah. And so, um, we're proud of you. We, I think I messaged you that weekend and said, no matter what happens, like, you know, we know that you're going to do the best that you can and you don't have to do this for us. You can do it if it's possible. But as the weekend went on, I just kept saying like, this is Chris Farley. Like he's going to find a way, <laughs> you know, like the timing of his cold, it like peaked on Friday and it started to come down a little bit. Like yeah. that's the way I think you literally just snuck it in timing wise to be able to get out there and get it, get after it and get it done. And, um, anyway, Everyone that's listening probably right now is like, okay, shut it down. We don't need you guys <laughs> gushing about each other. This is embarrassing. Um, but we love it. Thank you for sharing. I hope I get a, a check mark for being an okay host You're today. Um, and I'm just excited about this uh, this new chapter for Pace the Nation. All right. We'll take a quick break and we're going to uh, just, just go over some final thoughts. But yeah, I, A plus on the interview. Oh, uh, thanks. Appreciate take it. Take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. Great job, Julie. Um, appreciate uh, you doing the heavy lifting on that interview. I hope people enjoyed uh, my recap of the 2021 New York City Marathon, my experience. Uh, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Um, it's the holiday. It's the holiday season is coming up. Thanksgiving you'll probably hear the show after Thanksgiving. Um, so Christmas holidays are, are upon us. Uh, Hanukkah, anything that you celebrate, come to Pacers Running. Uh, check us out, runpacers.com. Uh, check us out in our stores. Uh, there's a lot of supply chain issues. Pacers Running has the gear you want, the gear you need. Uh, so we um, uh, would love for you to check us out, runpacers.com or in our six area locations. Um, so Julie holidays, um, we're headed to, um, we're, we're headed to our, our annual trip to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'll be back here in Arlington. Um, you're back to work. Um, you were off for how many months? Three months, three months. Um, so I think you timed this really well because you came back for a little bit. And now you got the holiday break here mm -hmm. where it's like nobody really works. Except when you haven't worked in three months. Right, right, that's true. <laughs> uh, nobody really works between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Did you really, did you think about that uh, aspect when you uh, said, all right, this one, I'm going to come back from maternity leave. Uh, the answer depends on who's listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the, big reasons I came back when I did. And, and I'm in a part-time capacity right now um, mm -hmm. through the new year. 
uh, three days a week was there's just things that kind of have to be lined up heading into um, a new year. Mm -hmm. Um, I work on a lot of athlete contracts and um, working with agents and kind of getting everybody situated, essentially heading into a new Olympic cycle, which is bizarre going into 2022 that we're starting a new Olympic cycle. Um, But with 21 being the Olympic year, things are a little bit thrown off. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, the holidays, I kind of looked at like, all right, you know, we, I'm going to come back part-time, but then the holidays are going to be part of the mix there too. And so, um, I just figured it would be an easy transition coming back, but, um, I've done a lot of travel so far. I've been back for three weeks and, um, I was in New York city. I was in Seattle last week with the beasts, our Mm -hmm. professional track club, um, our home, home team in Seattle and, um, I'm heading today actually. And, you know, again, timing of when this releases, but JFK, the yep. 50 mile is tomorrow. And Brooks is a new sponsor, new proud sponsor of JFK. So I'm heading there this afternoon to support some of our athletes and our events team that's helping execute. So, and actually Julian's coming with me. So, but well, very much looking forward to the holidays to answer your question. And, and I wanted to, to mention, I mentioned that because, um, Related to the podcast, there will be some travel. I mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll be in Austin, um, and actually we will be broadcasting, or I will be broadcasting with Ultra. Uh, so that's really exciting. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, there is an event there every year, the running event. We've, we've podcasted from there before, and we're really excited that Ultra is allowing us to sit down with some of their elites um, and tell their stories. So look forward to that, um, and, our, and our guys behind this behind the scenes are hopefully going to be able to coordinate maybe even a live like broadcast that we can, um, we can interact with, with the audience with. So uh, a lot of great things to look forward to um, holidays during the holidays. That'll be mid December. So um, yeah, make sure you check out um, at pace, the nation on Twitter. And uh, of course at, at run pacers on all platforms. All right. Great show. Yeah. You got to go. I got to go. Um, thanks to our guy, Chris, for helping us make this possible today. Um, I love the new format. It's new really cool. new format's awesome. We'll talk about it more when we sort of understand it better and the bells and whistles <laughs> we can, we can, we can do. Um, but this is, this is really cool and it was super smooth. And um, I think when we uh, add guests for our next show, I think it'll be, it'll be, uh, be seamless. So. I agree. All right. Awesome. Great job, Julie. Uh, thanks to our guest, Chris Farley today. Oh, that's me. Thanks to our guest. Thanks to our guest, today. Chris Farley today. Yeah. For you joining can us check him out at Run Pacer. Yeah, if correct. If you want to follow him yeah. on his social media platforms. Yeah, yeah. If, if you Run don't have Pacer. enough about me. If you don't have if enough. If you haven't gotten me. enough, yeah. if you want more Chris Farley in your life. Yeah, yeah. Check me out on Run Pacer. And you're at Julie Cully. And the show, of course, is at Pace the Nation and uh, Run Pacers on all platforms for our stores. All right. Thanks again. Great show. For Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week.